Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Test. Can everybody hear me? All right. God bless you guys. Um, Always excited to share God's word here in his house, and God's been good to me, and when God's good to me, which is all the time, I got to give my best to him, and um, uh, I got a word that the Lord gave me, and uh, I'm excited to share it with his people, and I'm going to ask you tonight that you take away all distraction from you, Um, anything that may be bogging you down tonight from your work week, uh, your stress, um, maybe you got some problem you've been dwelling on for a while, um, maybe a trial in your life, I'm going to ask you just to, to right now give it up to God as we pray, that you just ask God to clear up your thoughts and say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, God's word never comes void. It's always for you. It's always in a right season for you. So expect God to speak to you today um, as, I, as I speak up here. I just want to be a vessel used by him, and uh, God's going to do great and mighty things. Let's pray. Dear Father, we give you thanks for your goodness, Lord. You're, you're always good in our lives, and you never fail us. You're always there. You're a faithful God. And I know, God, you have a word for your people today, and I pray that you prepare all the hearts, that you take out all distraction from each and every one of us here, Lord, and, and I pray, God, that we may just give our burdens to you, and I pray, God, that today your word may bring uh, revival in the home, in the church, in your city, God, and that you, Father, may be glorified, that you may be lifted up, Father. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to start off with an illustration today, and... Um, this uh, device right here, right, this object, many of you may know what this is. For those who don't know, it's a cassette. And uh, for you younger people, it's a cassette. And, and, and we grew up with this stuff. I grew up, uh, um, I had all, uh, all my songs here. I made a, a crazy playlist here. I can fit 10 songs in one tape. Um, and, and things were different because there was no iPods. There was, I mean, we had a Walkman. And that was, like, cool to have that. It was a big thing. You can put this in. You can put it here. You got huge headphones on. But not like the cool headphones you got today. And these were stereo. They were good. And, um, I, I, mean, I mean, these tapes were, were, were so important in my life. I mean, I made some, like, love tapes to my girlfriend back in the day, Jenny. And I got Chicago in here, Air Supply. And, and, and just things to depress you and just cry. And, 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 um, but, you know, we didn't have the technology that we've got today where you can just go to iTunes and buy something and, and you can burn it, MP3s, and put it on, on any device you feel like putting it on. And we had to do it like old school right here. So we put, our, uh, we put this in our boom box. This is called the boom box. We still got one of these in church. I couldn't believe it. I saw it today here. And uh, we used to put our originals, maybe, maybe a friend of mine uh, uh, lend me their vanilla ice tape. And so I, I vanilla ice is just, just bear with me. It's a, it's a, 
old school. And um, so, so a friend of mine would lend me his vanilla ice tape that I didn't have money to buy. And I was sticking a blank copy in there. And I would hit play. I would hit record. And, and it'll start to record. It takes a little while. You can do it at double speed. So if the tape is a 30-minute tape, it'll take 15 minutes. Not that bad to record it. But uh, sometimes uh, my friend would uh, give me uh, a copy of a copy of the original. And so I, I put in his copy in there. I, I, I grab a, a blank tape and I put it in here and I start to, I hit play, I hit record and I start to record his copy from his original copy. And, uh, but, but it, there are times that n not only did I get the copy from this copy, but uh, sometimes came by me like a really old, like a copy of a copy of a copy, and it was passed down to like so many friends. So I grabbed that tape, I put it in here, I get my blank cassette tape, and I start to record it, and uh, I pull it out, and I play it on my radio, my boombox, my Walkman, and I notice that it just doesn't sound the same. And, it, it, and, and from each copy to copy to copy, you start to lose the quality, and that happens. That happens when you start grabbing the copy of a copy of a copy, and, and, our, and the same thing goes with the Bible, with the values in this country, with the word of God, with church, where it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation, and the quality just hasn't been the same. It's been um, contaminated. And, and, and the Lord showed me that one of the biggest qualities that we have so contaminated is this thing called honor. And I want to share in this word called honor. And, and, it's a, and, and what I'm going to talk about is restoring that honor back to its original. Because what happens is that this cassette tape, the reason it, it's that the quality is so bad and you hear a hissing sound when you play it is because it's so far away from the original. And the same thing goes with these values. The value of honor in our home. The value of honor in our church, in our workplace, with our authorities. It's so far from the original. And today I hope that this may cause you to say, you know what, I need to restore honor back to its original, back to how it works, back to how God intended it to be. And, um, and I want to share with you a couple of examples. Um, and, and before I do, I want to go to 2 John verse 8. Because something comes with honor. And that something is a reward. It's a huge reward. God honors you when you honor God. And he honors you with reward. And it says the elder to the elect lady and her children. No, 2 John chapter, uh, verse 8, I'm sorry. Look to yourselves. Listen to this. Look, listen to this verse for a second. Look to yourselves. This is not the person next to you. This is for you. Don't look at the person next to you. Don't even look at your wife. Don't look at, I'm, I'm, it's right now, this message is for yourself. That we do not lose those things we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. 
In other words, the life you live, live your life in such a way that you may receive a full reward. That's the way you need to live your life. Live your life in such a way where honor is present so you receive a full reward. Everybody say full reward. That's right. It's complete. It's not a partial reward. It's a full reward that God has for you. And God loves to reward his children. I love all the time to reward my children when they do good, when there's honor in their school, when there's honor at home, when there's honor everywhere they go. I love to reward them. And I do. I told Matthew on this trip that we just took, we went to Orlando last weekend, and, and, I, and I told him, you know what, David sits in the back all the time. And, and I don't know if that breaks your heart, Matt, but you three sit in the middle seat, and da poor David's in the back, and he's going to sit there for three and a half hours as we go to Orlando. I actually took four. If I say three and a half, that means you guys know I, I, I was speeding. It took me four hours. So I told Matthew, I want to tell you something. I want you to honor your brother. And show him you honor him. And I want you to sit with him back there. And Matthew says, yeah, I'm going to do it, Dad. And at the end of the trip, I told him, you know what? For honoring your brother, for honoring your father, you get, you're going to get five bucks. Yes. And he was excited. Yes, sir. He's like, whenever you want me to sit in the back, I sit in the back. You got it, Dad. And I'm going to tell you, he was his best friend the whole trip. He played with him, talked with him. That was his best buddy. And, and, and there's a full reward when honor is present. Live your life in such a way that you may receive that full reward. You know, Abraham said that God is my shield. He's my great reward. That's awesome. That's my great reward. The fact that just God is my shield. He's my everything. That's my reward. That's, what it, that's how Abraham was. Some, many times we're, we're into this, these material things and we're thinking reward is that way. Oh, I want the new car. Yes, God will reward you sometimes with a new car. But just the fact that you have an amazing God, he's your shield, he's your protector, he's your provider. That's enough to say that's my full reward. That's my everything. And that's how Abraham was. In Proverbs it says that the righteous shall receive a full reward when you do what's right. You're going to receive not a partial reward, not a little. When you do what's right, when you do what's according to his word, you're going to receive a full reward. Believe that as a promise for your life. When you don't know what direction to go, look for the direction. Open the book. Flip the pages. Obey that. Honor the word of God. And you will receive a full reward for your life. The word honor in Greek It means, Timmy, it's a valuing. It's to give value. It's to appreciate, to respect, to favorably regard, to esteem. It's when you appreciate others. You respect them. I'm going to tell you something. In our generation, we've learned and we've, we've learned from our society, from our culture that says, you know what? You have to earn my respect. You see, how, you see how we've turned this because it's been passed on from a generation to a generation to a generation to a point where we say and comes out of our mouth, you got to earn my respect. No. God teaches you to respect all authorities. 
to respect all people. And we're going to read a scripture later on, but it talks about this, to appreciate, to respect, to favorably regard, to hold in high regard. If the president of the United States were to walk in this place, we would roll out the red carpet for him. We would salute him because we honor him. And that's great. And sometimes we don't understand the word honor. We don't understand a word, period. And sometimes it's important to maybe look at the opposite to understand the, 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 the right word. So let's look at the opposite, which is dishonor. And dishonor means to treat as common, to treat as ordinary. And it comes from the Greek word atemia. So it's, and it means to treat as common, to treat as ordinary, to not show respect or value. So that's the opposite. So look at that for a second. Dishonoring means to just treat commonly, to treat ordinary. So what does honor mean? To treat just not as common, but just above common, above the ordinary, to hold in high regard. You're just not an ordinary person for me. You're a brother that I love, that I will serve, and I'm not just going to tell you that. I'm going to show it to you because that's honor. To, it, see, dishonor means to not show respect. To honor, it is to show respect. And you show it with your actions, not just with your words. Let's go to Mark 6, verse 5. So Jesus came to a city here, and this was his hometown, all right? It's like you may be coming to Miami or your hometown. Maybe it's, for some of you, there's a lot of Cubans in this place. Maybe it's Cuba. Maybe it's South America, Colombia, where my parents are from. But you come to, he comes here to his hometown, and, and, and he went from city to city healing people. And, but it says here that when he came to this city, it says he could he could do no mighty works there. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. He healed a, he healed a few headaches. He did a few healings. But it says he could not do mighty works there. There was no healing of, of, of people that couldn't walk, people who couldn't see. Uh, you say for a second and you look at the Amplified and it says he, was, he's, he wasn't able to heal. He wasn't able to do a mighty work in that place. You say, how can my Savior not be able to do it? Well, if you read back, let's go back to verse 1 and see what happened and what took place. It says that he went out from there and came to his, home, his own country. And his disciples followed him. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man Get these things. And, and I'm going to tell you, Jesus at that moment was reading from the book of Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord, came, God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And he, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I'm going to tell you, as he read this prophecy of the Messiah to come, the problem wasn't reading the scripture. The problem was when he dropped the bomb. It's when he said to them, 
This day the scripture is fulfilled. I am that Messiah. And that's when, where this verse comes in there and it says, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? That such mighty works are performed by his hands? He's the one that's going to preach good tidings to the poor. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. He's going to proclaim liberty to the captives. Who is this guy that says this? This guy's from our own town. We know who he is. Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary? We know this guy. The brother of James. It says, and, and are not these his sisters with us? And it says, and they were offended at him. They were offended at him. Verse 4. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. In other words, a prophet is honored everywhere. A prophet is always honored everywhere, except in his own house, in his hometown, among his relatives, his own family. And the result of this city, that it didn't receive the full reward like other cities did, because other cities had crowds where people were healed. They received the blessing. They received the reward. But this city missed out on this. They missed out on it because there was no honor in their heart. There was a lack of honor. And that causes God not to do mighty works. When there's a lack of honor. I'm going to tell you, honor can be displayed in thought. Honor can be displayed in word by what you say. It can, dis it can be displayed by action, what you do. But it originates all in the heart. If there's no honor in the heart, the action doesn't come out. The word doesn't come out. The action doesn't come out. Word, the, the word honor, it comes, it originates. Honor originates in the heart. And we can see this in Isaiah 29, 13. Read this. It says, therefore the Lord said, inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, they praise me with their mouth. They praise me, they honor me with their lips but have removed their hearts far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of men. And I'm going to tell you, we can so fake it with our mouth. We can so fake it with our actions. And I don't want anybody here, God doesn't want anybody here to get tempted to go do good things when you get out of here. To go say, you know what, I'm going to start honoring people with my words. I'm going to start honoring people with my actions. No. Your prayer needs to be, God, I need honor in my heart. This, got to, this has to be real. See, these people didn't say anything to Jesus when they were with them. They were just offended. There was dishonor in the heart. And that enough was enough for God not to do any mighty works in that place. And everybody wants the reward of God to do mighty works. But it begins with honor. And God says that my people have the actions of honor, they have the words of honor, even the songs of honor, but they don't have true honor. 
Because true honor originates from the heart. And you know what? It's, look at the end of that verse. Put that verse back up. And it says, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. And you know what that means? Is that it's an outflow of the reverent fear of the Lord. It's an outflow. The fact that I fear God. What's going to come out of me is the honor I have. Because you fear God. When you fear God, you will honor him. Their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. Let's go to Luke chapter 5. And I love this story. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Here Jesus was teaching in a large house. And, and, and with a couple hundred of preachers and teachers, um, the Bible says that he taught them the power. He taught them and the power of the Lord was there to heal them. Listen to this. It says, now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching them, they were in a, that he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers, there was preachers and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Everybody say them. That's right. Who are them? Those preachers and teachers, those people that came to gather with Jesus, it says the power of the Lord was present. God's power is present to heal them. But you know what's crazy about this story is that none of them were healed. The power to be healed was there. But none of them were healed. And it said it was for them. It was to heal them. And I can imagine if there was hundreds of them there, as the scripture says, there's got, had to be maybe 10, 12, 15 of those that were maybe sick, that needed a, a supernatural healing in their life. And he was there. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. Verse 18, what happened? Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed who they sought to bring in and lay before him. So, so think about this. Nobody was healed except this man. This paralyzed man that men brought in. They, they went through the ceiling. They broke a tile. They dropped him in. And in verse 19, it says, And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20. And when he saw their faith, he's not talking about the preachers and teachers, he's talking about the men that brought the paralytic in there. When he saw their faith, he said to them, man, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven today. And what happened when all these Pharisees and, and these teachers were there? The people that Jesus came for to heal them. Look what happened in verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason amongst them, saying, who's this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, man, this wasn't even, I'm going to tell you, this wasn't even said there. This was just what was going on in their thoughts. This is just what was going on in their hearts. When Jesus perceives their thoughts, 
He answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Why aren't you believing? Why aren't you honoring me? I've come to heal. I came with a power here to heal. Why aren't you honoring me in that? Why don't you honor me as the Messiah, as the one who can forgive this man's sins and forgive your sins? But in their heart, it says that they were reasoning. They were disagreeing. In verse 23, which is easier, Jesus said, to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? Is it, is it easier to say that, to say your sins are forgiven? And obviously, these guys are thinking, of course, it's, it's, it's harder to say rise up and walk. Because you, that's not going to happen. This guy's a paralytic. This guy can't walk. So verse 24, he says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise. Take up your bed and go to your house. That's how you're going to know that he has the power to forgive sins. The fact that he can tell a man to rise up and walk, now you'll know he has the power to forgive sins. Verse 25, immediately. Somebody say immediately. Immediately, immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. How many will be glorifying God after that? Give God the glory. Now these guys, imagine, they were just hanging out there, seeing what just took place. I would feel like, I, I don't know, I, I feel like dumb, you know. I was wrong. In verse 26, it says, and they were all amazed. I don't think anybody in this place seeing that wouldn't be amazed of a paralytic just getting up and walk. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. I mean, that's strange. Seeing a paralytic come in and, and in, in the name of Jesus being healed. That's a strange thing. Strange things happen by a powerful God sometimes. And you're going to be amazed and you're going to glorify God, but these guys missed out. They missed out on the blessing of God. They missed out on the healing of God because there was no honor in their hearts. They were all greatly amazed, but none of them were healed, not one of them. They dishonored Jesus in their hearts. They got no reward from heaven just because they dishonored him in their hearts. One last story, Matthew 8. And this is when there was an officer of the Roman army, a centurion. And in, in chapter 8, verse 5, it says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, begging him, verse 6, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed. He's dreadfully tormented. He's my servant. Verse 7, 
And imagine, just think for a second, this is an officer of the Roman army. And it says, and Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I'm going to go down there, wherever he's at, and I'm going to go and heal him. And he says in verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, that you should come to my house. Do you understand for a second? I mean, Jesus, for Jesus to come over there, understand for a second that these Romans are in control of the Jews here. And for a, a, a Roman soldier to say, an officer to say, hey, Jew, come to my house. And, he, and for him to say, no, 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 you're not worthy to come to my house. Imagine that for a second. That's like if the president of the United States came and washed your car. You say, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of someone that great to do this for me. And that's how he looked at him. The authority that he had in heaven. Not as a Jew under Roman authority. But the authority he had above everything. The honor, the esteem, the lifting up above everything. He says, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But listen, only speak a word. I believe it. Just say the word. Just say the word that my, my servant is healed and my servant will be healed. I believe that. Verse 9. For I also am a man under authority. This is the officer saying. I'm also a man under authority. I have soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. I tell another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. I'm in charge. I know what it is about having authority. That when I say a word, my servant does it. And I'm going to tell you, Lord, you do the same. You just say the word, and it's going to happen. Amen. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And for Jesus to marvel, that's like, you just like impressed God. Like, wow. And when you honor God that way, he'll, you, you're just going to marvel. Just like a father, a daddy marvels when his son shows honor. I'm marveled when my children honor, show honor. And he, and, he, and, and, and he said, and said to those who follow, surely, I'm going to say to you, everybody listen up. This is Jesus talking. I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. John the Baptist was part of Israel. His mother Mary was from Israel. And he's saying that this officer, this Roman guy, he says, I haven't found such faith like this guy. I haven't found such honor like this guy. Verse 11. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and in the kingdom of heaven. Verse 12. Verse 13. says, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. He received the reward because honor was present. 
He honored him as his authority. Despite of the fact that he was a man of authority over him on the physical realm. But on the spiritual realm, oh my God, he was so much greater. He's the greatest of all. And he honored him that day. And because of his honor in his heart, he was healed that same hour. God says that those who honor me, I will honor them. Those who lightly esteem me, I will lightly esteem them. And let's go to that. Matthew 10. No, let's go to Matthew 10, verse 40. And it says, He who receives, and you can, can you guys hear me? Am I coming out there? No? Test. 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 Says here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, it says, He who receives you receives me, and you can put the word receives as honor. So he who honors you honors me. You should write that in your Bibles. You could put the word honor above it. And he who honors me, honors him who sent me. See, when you honor someone, you honor Jesus. When you honor Jesus, you honor the Father. And he honors you. Verse 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet. Listen to this. Listen to this verse. He who receives, he who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall, re, shall receive a prophet's reward. You're going to receive a reward for your honor towards a prophet. And he who honors a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Verse 42 Listen to this. Whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. And, that, and, and, and in these, these verses, God is talking about three kinds of people. In verse 41, when he talks about the prophets, he's talking about those that are in authority over us, our leaders. When you respect your leaders, when you honor your leaders, those above you, you're rewarded. Our peers, the righteous man, these are those that are on the, the same level of authority as you. When you honor those that are in the same level of authority as you, I'm going to tell you, you are blessed. When you serve your friends, when you serve your brother, your sister, your cousin, when you serve people you don't even know, and they're just peers of yours, you are rewarded. That's God's promise to you. But it has to originate from the heart. 
And in, and in verse 42, it's those little ones, those who are entrusted to your authority, those who are under you. It could be your children. It could be your, your employees. It could be even your wife who has been entrusted under you. When you honor those people, you are rewarded. So those people that are above, those people that are, are the same, those people that are under, you honor them. What God is trying to tell you is you honor all. You honor everybody that comes across you. There should never be any lack of honor. There should never be any dishonor. It brings a reward from heaven. Why? Because Jesus said when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. And when you've done it to me, you've done it to the Father. And the Father therefore does it to you. See, when you honor people, you're honoring Jesus. And when you're honoring Jesus, you're honoring the Father. And because you're honoring the Father, he honors you and rewards you. That's God's design. That's not my design. It's not spring of life's design. It's God's design on honor. And it's time that we rise up as a church to bring honor back to its original state. No matter what our culture teaches, no matter what movies teach us, I'm going to tell you, even the movies my kids watch sometimes, whether they're rated PG or even G, sometimes they, they'll, they'll teach my children and they'll show my children to dishonor their parents. Don't listen. I'm not going to listen to you, Dad. You don't know what you're talking about. And these are rated G movies. And it's crazy to see this. I get upset when I see this in movies. If I have to turn off even a rated G movie, I'll turn it off. Because honor in the home, man, I'll tell you, honor is so important. It's number five in the list of the commandments. It's, it's, it's before murder. Help me out here. It's before adultery. That's how important honor is, to honor your father and mother. So, I mean, if my kids want to watch war movies and killing. I mean, that's the Old Testament stuff. That's fine. But they're not going to watch things that are going to be about dishonoring their mom and father. You hear me? Are you with me? Bible says in Ephesians 6, 2, to honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise. With a promise. The reward is attached to the command. You see, if you follow this command, if you honor your father and your mother, even though your culture, your friends are not doing it, and you do it anyways, and you go against the culture, and you go with the word of God, and you really, really honor your mother and father, your mother and father, and you do what they say. You listen to their wisdom. You honor them in your heart. Not like, my mom doesn't know what she's talking about. No. In your heart. I honor what she says. I honor what my daddy says. That's my dad. And when he says something, I listen up. I look him in the eyes. 
What do you have to say? Give me the wisdom that I need to hear, Dad. God's commanded me to honor you. It's a reward. The reward is the promise. And what is this reward? Verse 3, that it may be well with you. And you may live long on the earth. God guarantees you a long life and a successful one while you're at it. A successful life if you honor your father and your mother. Doesn't matter how old you are. I went a few years ago to visit my grandma right before she was dying. I thank God that I was able to see her a few days before she died in Colombia. And, and, and I didn't know, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to spend most of my childhood with her. And, and as a child, I would go there a few times when I was 12 years old. And she would come for vacation a couple times. But I didn't have a really good relationship with her. And, and I'm glad that I came there a few days before she died. And I thank God because I've got, I got fire preaching cousins over there and and they were able to lead her to the Lord uh, right before she died and and I, I was there sitting with my family we were mourning and and uh, um, it was it, we were all down and and my cousin called me up and said hey Kenny um, I'm going to my church tonight it's like at three o'clock in the morning we have a prayer service and I'm like, 3 o'clock in the morning? You guys pray at that time? I mean, we, we do this, you know, like at earliest 6 o'clock, but 3 o'clock in the morning? And she, she said, yeah, come, we do this every weekend. And it'll be a good time because we, can get, we get to pray for the family. Our, our family needs prayer more than anything. And I go, okay, all right, I'll call you back. And I, and I speak to my parents. I spoke to my dad. And my dad says, look, I, I appreciate that you want to pray for the family. And that's awesome. That to me is above everything. But I'm going to tell you something, son. And he's telling his, his that then I was 32. So he says, son, I want to tell you something. I grew up in this neighborhood. I grew up in this neighborhood. And I'm going to tell you, I don't recommend for anybody to step out this door at this time. Because this ain't a good neighborhood. Bad things happen at this time. And I go, I didn't argue with him. Even though I knew that praying was a great thing for my family. And I said, Dad, I honor that. I told him just like that. Especially during a time like this, he needed to hear that. And I go, Dad, I honor you. And I honor you because you're my father. And because God told me to honor you. That's my job. Yeah. Amen. And, and my dad, with the wisdom that God has given him, the next morning I wake up and I hear in the news, which is crazy to hear, that at 3 o'clock in the morning, somebody who was jogging just a block away was shot, killed. Just a block away from my aunt's house where I was staying at. That could have been me. But my reward was giving me life during that time. This one's crazy. But somebody at 3.30 in the morning was running late to the prayer service. And some people went into her house. They dragged her out. They threw her in the truck. And they said, what's your name? She said, my name is Maria. She was, we, and the people look at each other and say, we got the wrong lady. The wrong house. It was the house next door. Where were you going? I was going to a prayer service. 
These people drop this lady off at the prayer service. Praise the Lord. All I know is that I'm alive today because I honored my father. God is faithful and God will reveal things like that to you and show you that you do things his way. And you're going to receive a great reward. It's his guarantee to give me long life. It's his guarantee to give me a successful life if I honor my father and my mother. That day showed me so much. You, I'm going to tell you something. You have all the authority. You stand here in this place, you have all the authority to tell a bondage, a disease, to leave your life, to leave your home just because you honored your father and your mother. You have all that authority in your life. And we have a society that trains us to dishonor our parents. Look at this verse, Deuteronomy 27, 16. I get scared when I read this and I'm like, God, I don't want. Nah, I'm, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor my parents. Deuteronomy 27, 16. It says, cursed. Somebody say the word cursed. Is the man who dishonors his father or his mother. You are cursed. Don't do that. It's not worth it. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Amen. The word of God tells us that all authorities is of God. And he's delegated different levels of authority over all. All authorities are of God. And that goes from the president to the vice president to the police officer down the street. When he's pulling you over, not for you to say and call some names that you shouldn't be calling. And instead of saying glory to God for the guy pulling me over. Even the mean ones. God has told you to honor all authority. You know why? Because God placed them there. Those are God's servants. Even though they're not serving God, they have no idea. But they were placed by God. And they were placed by God to serve you. And I'm going to tell you, out of all countries, we are such a blessed country. We've got so much. And I'm concerned when I see our country making a copy and a copy and a copy of this diluted, of this, of this contaminated, these values in our culture, in our home, and removing God out of the, out of the equation. But it's time for men to rise up in their home. And it's time for not only men to rise up in their home, but for, oh, for godly homes to rise up in a church. And I love Tony Evans because he, he uses the illustration of, of men being honorable in the home. Being a leader in a home. Being the leader of a church. And so that a church can be the leader of a city. And so that, the, that the, these godly cities can be leading these states and these countries. But it all trickles down to the men. And I'm sorry, but men, but every time I preach up here, I'm talking to you guys. But God has called you, because God has called each and every one of you to lead your home. Each and every one of you to lead your home. 
Even those that are single in this place. Yes. God one day will entrust to you a wife. An authority under you. A wife that will submit to you. Because you submit to God. Where you will have children that will obey mom and dad. Where honor is present in the relationship between you and your wife. Where you honor your wife and how you speak to her. How you treat her. How you give her the best because she's your wife. Not the rest, but the best. How you honor your children. Yes. How you, you respect your children. How you speak to your children, not yelling at them all the time with anger and frustration, but respecting them because they were given by God to you. They were entrusted to you by God. So honor what God has entrusted to you. Your kids are not a mistake. Your kids are children of God, are precious gifts from God. And when you honor the least of these, you are honoring Jesus. And when you're honoring Jesus, you're honoring the Father. And when you're honoring the Father, he honors you with a great reward. In church, there is to be honor. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Honor those, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Honor your pastors, your leaders. Because there's a great reward for that. Let's all stand tonight. You need to honor your bosses, your employees, your teachers, your coaches. Don't work for your bosses as men pleases. Don't work for your bosses as a man pleaser. But do it unto the Lord. Everything that you do. Even if you're playing a sport with your teammates, you do it unto the Lord. When you're servicing a client, even though he's yelling at you, you don't do it to please your client. You're doing it unto the Lord to please God. Honor those that God has entrusted to you. Why do we honor people? Why do we honor people? Because we want... To honor God? Or do we honor people because we want the reward? No. We do it because God paid the greatest price in the universe. He paid it for that one person. For that one person that he's telling you to honor. He paid that price for that one person that you think needs to deserve your respect whether it's an authority in your life 
whether it's someone that God has entrusted to you, whether it's a peer of yours, that's how valuable that one person is to God. The fact that he paid the greatest price in the universe just for them, that's why we honor them. That's why you are to honor those people because God loves them so much, because God would lay down his life, give his only begotten son for that person. That's enough to honor them. And in honoring God, he says you do get the reward. And in the military, they give what's called the Medal of Honor. And the Medal of Honor is the, is the highest U.S. military reward. And it's awarded by Congress to a member of the armed forces for boldness, bravery, for their courage in combat. And they get rewarded this Medal of Honor. And God wants you to do the same. For you to go with boldness, for you to have courage and say, God, I'm going to honor you. And there's a great reward for doing that. You're going to get the Medal of Honor. As that image that was put on the, on the, the sermon slide that was created today, I, I was moved by it. Because it's got our church logo on it. And we're all about world changers. And when I saw Omar design that, I'm like, you got it right on the T, man. I didn't tell him it was about rewards. I didn't tell him. He's like, you like it? I'm like, absolutely. It's world changing. Because that's a medal of honor to be a world changer. And that's a reward God gives you, the medal of honor for honoring all those around you. But again, don't be tempted today by leaving this place and just doing good things. I'm going to start honoring with my lips. I'm going to start honoring with my actions. No, say, God, I need to start honoring in my heart. Because I know that the outflow of that will be my actions, will be my words, will be my everything. Those bad thoughts I have towards people, I want that out. Towards my mom, my dad, my kids, my coworkers. I can't stand working with them. No, take those thoughts out and honor them. Oh, but they get on my nerves. Yeah, but Jesus died for him. And that's enough. That's enough to honor. Leastly, lastly, this is your time to respond and for you to restore honor back in your life. And say, God, here I am. Forgive me of my wrongful thoughts. Forgive me of my dishonor. For teaching, for, for treating people commonly. Just ordinary. That isn't even enough to be considered honor. I'm sorry about that, God. I need to take this to another level. I need to think of them as higher than just ordinary as just another person on the street i need to see everybody that's walking down the street as somebody so special that you died for them i want to honor i need that in my heart 
We're going to sing a song to God. And this altar is always open for you to lay down your heart, to lay down your thoughts. If there's, a, if there's any areas of dishonor in your life, you say, God, here's my heart. It starts with repentance. Saying, God, I'm wrong. And as we sing this song, this is your time to honor the king. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And the word of God says, fear God and honor the king. And I'm going to tell you, listen to that. It says, fear God and honor the king. And I'm going to tell you something. How can you honor the king that you see him all the time? The president that you see him all the time? Or how can, I'm sorry, how can you honor someone you don't see if you can't even honor the person that you do see? Your authorities, the people above you. How in the world are you going to honor somebody that you don't see? Today, as we sing this song, the altar is open. And God wants to do a change in your life. God wants to restore honor back in your life. Back to the original. Back to how he created it. Back to how it was meant to be. Not the way that it was taken from generation to generation to generation. Don't accept that. Stand up. Men, stand up. Women, stand up. Church, stand up and arise. And take back honor. Restore back honor to where it belongs. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.